0: Hello and welcome to the Friday Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Camuso Miller. I'm a public affairs professional in Washington, D.C., and I interview members of the media about their background, about how they got into journalism, and lots of other topics. The Friday Reporter is a PR daily podcast. Check out PR Daily for ideas, inspiration, and trends on all things public affairs, and to find the Friday Reporter Podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast coming to you from the New Jersey shore as I sit here with uh, no air conditioning in the rental home that we're uh, <laughs> hanging out in. I'm so lucky today, though, to be, uh, to be chatting with my uh, colleague and friend, Sung Min Kim, who is a Washington Post uh, White House and Congress hybrid reporter, which we'll get into in a minute. But Sung Min, <laughs> thank you so much for being with me.
1: Thanks so much for having me,
0: Lisa. So I, uh, I just I've been so lucky to have followed your career from the time that you were pl- at Politico and running the forum or whatever they called that long, long ago <laughs> uh, when you first got started, and now your career has skyrocketed, and I'm so excited. I mean, I you're everywhere, and you're doing great, great work. So I'm glad you had a few minutes to take some time to visit with me about you and how you got started, and then and then let's kind of get into um, what your uh, what your specific be is and what you care about, because I know everybody's is different. And it's important to get that sense, um, especially as my colleagues are looking to pitch you about story ideas. So tell me a little bit, how how did you get to Washington?
1: So I had, I'm one of those rare people. Well, first of all, ha, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's been a great uh, series of conversations. Um, and I was actually one of those people who has always wanted to be a journalist and a reporter. Um, I I always loved reading and writing, and I think in junior high that I wanted to pursue journalism as a career. Um, after doing some job shadowing of local uh, newspaper reporters in my hometown of Iowa City, mm-hmm. and then really thinking it was interesting, and then just going from my high school paper to my college paper to various internships in college, and then eventually here to the Washington. Washington Post. So so journalism is kind of the only thing I know
0: and wanted to do. Oh Well, that's I mean, and that's not everybody's path. Uh, Some people are like you, they sort of wake up one day, and they decide that this is their passion. Whereas other people sort of fall backwards into it. And that's so neat. Um, So Iowa City, so you went to school there for journalism Mm -hmm. in Iowa. And then did you immediately come to Washington? Mm -hmm. Did you know this is where you wanted to be?
1: I actually took a uh, one-year uh, brief uh, – my first job actually was in your home state of New Jersey at the Star-Ledger
0: uh-huh. um,
1: at the uh, Somerset and Hunterdon and Bureaus back mm-hmm. when the Star-Ledger, which, um, you know, before all the massive rounds of – Buyouts and layoffs was yes. one of the most powerful regional newspapers in the country, it and sure they had was. bureaus all over the state. So I, for a year, I you know cut my teeth in the suburban bureaus, and obviously doing some breaking news in Newark on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But I always knew I wanted to cover um, you know Washington and government. I um, studied political science as well in college. I got interested in it actually in high school when I took you know in our social science courses and studied U.S. government and politics, and I think just that act of, you know, exploring and explaining to the public just how you know, their government works, whether it's the White House, the executive branch, the judiciary or Congress has always been really um, a point of interest for me. So as fun as New Jersey was, and I know you know more than anyone how (laughs) crazy that state can be, um, (laughs) I did eventually want to end up in Washington, which is how I landed here um, about, uh, I think, 12 years ago now.
0: Well, if you were to ask your colleague, Paul Kane, who also is there with you at the Washington Post, he would say that that going to. Uh, New Jersey politics is like getting a, a master's degree or perhaps I don't know more than that but he seems to think that that is that is great training ground I I tend to agree so uh, <laughs> right, right. well that's so cool I didn't know that Star-Ledger was is it was and still is um as much as it's morphed and it's changed over time really graduated some of the most remarkable journalists uh, that I've ever worked with so that's really great to know and then spent a lot of time at Politico and for those people who who know how Politico is Politico really is um is really a boot camp. I mean, it's really like great and tremendous training ground. And really, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, just like you are steeped in just nonstop breaking news and working as hard as you can to, to try to get in front of uh, breaking everything opportunities. So it's really great to, to have had that experience. And then now to be where you are at the Washington Post, How um, how has that changed for you? Did you go immediately to Congress? Tell me a little bit about that path.
1: Right. So um, I came to Politico um, back in 2009, uh, wanting to cover politics in Washington of some sort, just wanted any job that would allow me to eventually write, have bylines. And while I was at Politico, after I did a few uh, various different entry level positions, I was lucky enough that an opening on our Congress team had opened up. Mm -hmm. And what I've what I admired about Politico then, and I still really admire to this day, is that that's a publication where their congressional coverage, it's really the heart of their coverage. Yes. Um, and that is kind of their marquee team and where the congressional coverage really shines. So mm-hmm. I was really um, lucky and honored to have an opportunity to join that team. I like barely knew anything about how Congress works. And I don't think people really understand how this place works until you are physically up here as a member and a. Or a reporter because mm-hmm. it's just such a weird, uh, dynamic institution. Definitely,
0: definitely. Um,
1: so that was that opportunity arose. Um, I absolutely fell in love with reporting on Congress and thought um I could easily do it for the uh for the rest of my career. Um I focused, I started by covering um the house in general breaking news, but then covered um Immigration policy efforts extensively back when that was a major debate uh, on Capitol Hill in wow. 2013 and 2014, mm-hmm. and then in the rest of my years at Politico, or I uh, focused on primarily covering the Senate and anything related to the Senate, whether it was you know legislation, nomination fights, um, Senate campaigns, and Senate races, um, and that was a great experience.
0: Um, and really then, translate translating it in a way too, because you know House and Senate we know this, but people from the outside listening maybe don't, that each one of those bodies operates very differently, similarly but differently. And then here you are translating it then into a language and a a set of uh, issues and concepts that people outside of the beltway can understand.
1: Right, right. Which is a really fun and interesting challenge for me. And I think one of the nuances um, about the Capitol that you pick up right away, but maybe isn't as clear to people who aren't steeped in it every day, is just how the real competition on Capitol Hill isn't necessarily between Democrats and Republicans, but it's between the House and the Senate. And that's where the real dividing line is. And I am a Senate gal through and through. Um, (laughs) But uh, I just I just think the institution, its characters the types of debates and the fights that senators are engaged in are really fascinating mm-hmm. um, and just have was really lucky to, to get the kind of beat assignments that I did um, at Politico and just for the opportunities there.
0: Well, that's so great. And then so now you're at The Washington Post and you're still covering. Tell me a little bit about how that beat is working because you're covering the White House and you're also covering Congress. How is that? How is that exchange work for you and where specifically? in that intersection, are you caring the most about stories?
1: Right. So the Washington Post kind of created this new beat where they wanted one member of their White House team to kind of be the point person in focusing on the White House's dealings with Capitol Hill. So I was hired on in early 2018. So obviously that was at the height of the Trump administration, which mm-hmm. had an interesting relationship with Capitol Hill, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my beat focuses on and it still does, obviously, with President Biden and the White House and a Democratic-led Congress congress on on stories where kind of the white house and congress are congress are both equal actors. Mm-hmm. So right now um my big uh the big kind of focus of my you know day-to-day job for the last several months and I'm sure for the next several coming months is uh, the fate of president biden's infrastructure agenda on mm-hmm. capitol hill because that's where both the white house and members of congress have been so deeply and intimately involved. Um so a lot of this idea um, for the speed kind of comes in, um, you know, in, in in a couple of different ways. Obviously, exploring um, that relationship between any White House and Congress is a fascinating story unto mm-hmm. itself. You know, there were a lot of conflicts and um, conflicts and tension and stories with the Obama White House and Congress at the time, whether it's his fellow Democrats or the clashes between Obama and congressional Republicans. Um, obviously, it was the same story a lot of the time with President Trump and, uh, and members of Congress at the time. And then now so much, too, with President Biden. So it's a beat that's really focused on trying to understand that relationship, how the two sides affect each other, and also simply using um, you know, congressional sources, you know whether it's aid, lawmakers or anyone else here on Capitol Hill to figure out what the White House is working on and is up to and what they're thinking is. Um, you know, what I learned from, you know, many White House, great White House reporters uh, before me is that one of the best ways to cover any White House is kind of from the outside in, you know, you know, talk to people who are talking to the White House, whether it's advocacy groups or members of Congress or other kind of outside advisors to try to get inside their, you know, policy agendas you know their thinking and kind of their strategy And whatnot, So that a lot of my beat is just talking to members of Congress to figure out what, you know, what the Biden White House's agenda is, what their latest maneuvering is on infrastructure. Mm. A lot of my days have been chasing after a White House officials meeting with various senators on the infrastructure plan. You know, under the Trump White House, it was just basically finding Senator Lindsey Graham every day and asking him when the last time he spoke with uh, President Trump on the phone. It's a really interesting beat. Um, Tell it's, me. It's th- a-
0: where right. where do you spend the bulk of your time? Are you back and forth between the White House and the and the uh, Capitol, or do you spend most of your time still in the Capitol? How does that work? I mean, you must be up and down Pennsylvania Avenue all day long, whether figuratively <laughs> or figuratively or literally.
1: Right. I feel like my head is just kind of bouncing back and forth between yeah. <laughs> between the White House and the Hill. So for now, I spend most of my days still on the Hill. Because okay. that's where we just, you know, it's and like we talked about earlier, it's just physically being at the Capitol and running into members and talking to them face to face is just the best way to report on any aspect of Congress Um, when it is uh, we we're lucky enough to have a large White House team at the Washington Post of eight reporters so we all take turns being kind of the on-call duty reporter for a week so that means um, you know we would go to the briefings if we're in the pool then we handle pool duty Mm -hmm. if the president travels we also travel um, but aside from the weeks where I am our duty reporter, I still spend, um, a- basically every other uh, week when they're in session on Capitol Hill
0: mm-hmm. and the and the one thing that I think uh, that you and I understand and maybe it's a little bit different for those who are outside looking in is that the, the White House really does have advocates people that are, are specifically assigned because they have spent time working in the Senate they're specifically assigned to uh, to be working up there to be uh, lobbying on behalf of the administration's agenda or and this is true of Biden or Trump or whoever's in the White House house. They always have someone that's an advocate for the issues they care about that is um, up and down and in, in the Capitol. So I suspect that you'll intersect with those people as well. Uh, when right. There. right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and it's and um, for, for, for any white house, obviously it's the office of legislative affairs, um, mm-hmm. who's kind of, which kind of takes the lead role in, you know, being the liaison between, you know, any member of Congress and the white house. And I always find that office to be probably the most fascinating place, um, a fascinating place in the White House that I would always love to learn more about. Mm-hmm. And what the Biden White House did is really stack that office with people who have years of, you know, experience working on Capitol Hill. And obviously, um, you know, obviously, they are in communication with key members. Uh, but but if you talk to kind of any, um, you know, rank and file member or even some Republicans, they they'll tell you the outreach from um, this White House, uh, even on a basic quick check in level, has been pretty good so far. Mm,
0: and that's I mean, I, I have to believe that that has changed um, the Trump White House, uh, regardless of your opinion of how they performed, uh, did have some very uh, well regarded people in their Ledge Affairs, ledge affairs team. Uh, but I have to believe that because uh, President Biden was a, a member of the U.S. Senate for so long and, and in the Congress for as many years as he had been, that I'd like to think whether or not this is true or not, I'd like to think (laughs) that they have maybe a little bit better flow back and forth. Some of the news reporting even has suggested that he has insisted on having some more regular uh, interaction with his colleagues in the Congress to try to uh, communicate better and work harder to sort of have that back and forth and that collaboration.
1: Right, right. It's just Biden is, uh, President Biden is just such a creature of the Senate. And he talks about his time in the Senate still so fondly um, and the relationships that he's built and kind of the institution of what the Senate represents, even if it doesn't always live up to that ideal, is so important to him, which is why you hear um, him talk about it all the time. And also why this bipartisan agreement, which um, it feels like at any given moment, it's coming together or falling apart or whatnot still. Mm -hmm. is uh is so important to him um so that's all that's what is what makes another element of my beat so interesting and which is why i'm glad I stayed on in this position uh, for the Biden White House is, is not you're only getting to see how again, how a Democratic White House um, contends with a Congress, which is always a really interesting relationship, but also this is, you know, the, a person who really is a creature of Capitol Hill, more so mm-hmm. than, you know, basically anyone who ran um, in 2020. So to be able to cover that kind of president has been a really interesting experience for me.
0: No question. And then, um, so you know the pandemic we're sort of it feels like it's winding down a little bit we're hoping that it's winding down a little bit were you still uh in and out of the capital during the um during this time or were you working at all from home how did that look for you
1: We uh, tried to limit our presence on the Capitol until all of us were fully vaccinated. So Mm -hmm. our workspace in the Capitol, as lovely as it is, it is pretty small. And any given day, we squeeze in about a half a dozen reporters in there. So there was no way to actually socially distance. So us on the Washington Post team who have regular uh, who are regularly up on the Hill took uh, turns kind of being there one day at a time mm-hmm. so throughout the pandemic i was up on the hill um, about one day a week uh, trying to um, you know squeeze in all my reporting for my enterprise projects in a day which is which was difficult um and and then not only do that but also kind of Track whatever daily news that my, you know, that the Washington Post or my other my other colleagues specifically needed on any given day. Um, so that was part of the job during the pandemic. And then obviously, uh, similar to what. Um, I mentioned with kind of our duty rotation on the White House team, um, if we had to travel with the president, with President Trump or do any other um, do any other activities where we had to be on site in person, then we were at the White House as well. But it was certainly an adjustment. And I'm, you know, obviously fortunate that things appear to be returning to some level of normalcy, um, at least in our work quarters.
0: Yeah. And I think it's especially because your job is so much about those connections and those conversations with 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 colleagues and sources and and really just the only way to really get the news is sort of be there and be present while these uh, interactions are happening. Uh, It it makes, I've got to believe that it makes your life and your work easier just by sort of physically being in the building.
1: Right, right. What I always tell people about uh, other, you know, whether it's aspiring journalists or people who are just kind of curious about how our job works, is that, um, yes, the White House (laughs) beat is obviously very cool, the travel, the Air Force One, and just kind of the honor of having, uh, uh, being able to cover Presidency um, is very cool, but Congress really is the best beat in Washington, mm-hmm. and most of that stems from just the level of access that you get to these principles, Because you know, as long as you're credentialed, you can go basically anywhere in the Capitol. Yeah. And you know, it seems like every day I'm just walking down the hallways, you know, getting a cup of coffee, going to the bathroom, and then I run into a senator I needed <laughs> need uh, to talk to. Absolutely. And just and as long as I just have you know, as long as I can think on my feet really quickly which this job obviously trains you to do then you could like break some news when you didn't um or get some reporting for a story when you weren't even planning it so which is always why it's important to have your phone and a piece of uh and a and a and your notepad and pen with you at all times wherever you go um but that's what we really enjoy about the capitol you know it's not at the white house you're obviously not gonna be wandering down the halls of the west wing and no. then just run into president biden no. and speak right. with him off the cuff <laughs> whereas in the capitol i mean you could do that with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, all these important characters who have such, you know, outsized influence on policy and political debates. Um, And that's just been the really, um, you know, fascinating part of covering the speed. And I think that's why anyone who's covering Congress will tell you it is the best speed in
0: Washington. Tell me this. And this is a little bit of an out of left field, but I've begun to ask this question in a variety of different ways of your colleagues. While you're in the Capitol and you're and you're walking around and you're grabbing your coffee, if there's someone that you see if there's a, you know, a member of the Senate or a member of the House that, that you see, is there someone that you absolutely want to make sure that you uh, get get their thoughts from? Is there someone that you find to be especially um, insightful or interesting or fun or, you know, is there someone that you have something in common with perhaps that you'll say, oh, I've definitely got to make sure I say hello? Uh, is, there, is there one that stands out in your mind? And it's okay if the answer is not necessarily.
1: Well, there's so many um, that actually stand out, and there's an—I mean, maybe I don't feel that way for all 100 senators, Mm -hmm. but uh, but there are so many uh, members of the Senate, Republican and Democrat, who, for my purposes, are so um, often in communication with the White House and/or they're so central to the White House's agenda. So, whenever you know, of course, whenever Joe Manchin walks down the hallway um, and he he has a couple minutes to talk, there are tons of um, you know are a ton of uh, questions that I, I throw at him. Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney are other examples uh, and the examples from the Republican Party who are in frequent contact with President Biden and the White House and who are really important to the White House in terms of getting a bipartisan agenda through Congress, whether it's through, you know, infrastructure or even nominations or anything like that. So, you know, sometimes you can just, and I can't tell you how often I've just kind of um, you know, checked in with the Senate and just says like, oh, you know, I heard about this way back when, what's the latest with that? You know, just kind of, you know, something that I may not set up a formal phone interview for, but mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, this senator's right here, why not just ask him or her this kind of thing that was in the back of my mind? And that often can yield very interesting story tips or story ideas. So I think that's why, again, just being physically there is so important and and just really valuable for um, for. The functioning of our beats and our jobs at the Capitol.
0: Let me ask you this. uh, And this is something that I just recently talked to a member about a member that is on the House side and someone that is maybe perhaps not, um, not on that list of folks that talks to the White House on a regular basis, but wants to be more valuable and more helpful to their, you know, the the media and their colleagues. um, But sometimes feels a little bit caught off guard when they run into a reporter in the building, because it is such a I mean, it really is. It's like walking around. I mean, for those people who aren't at the Capitol, it's like, walking around a shopping mall and running into your friend from high school I mean right. it really is like it's there's no other way to put it except yeah. that that is really sort of how open that building is and how interactive it is so the one thing I would say is that I've been giving counsel to some friends and some colleagues that you know it's better to say I'm not quite right this minute able to talk about it but I'd still like to talk about it and maybe perhaps offer a business card can we talk later today um, some interaction that is less sort of like I'm never going to talk to you or like turn my back on you and be unkind i think that if there's any counsel you would give to members who maybe are new to the scene like how would you how would you say to them like this is one way to interact with media when you see them on the you know on the floor or walking around um outside of the uh, on the complex
1: yeah, I think the best way to, for the member to do that in that case is to say, you know, I really, you know, I w- I, I'm I I really interested in this topic. I do want to talk to you, but let's, you know, please follow up with my press secretary, a communications director, and we'll set up a time. Mm-hmm. Because I think while, um, you know, most reporters really do like the immediate access that we get to members of the House and the Senate at the Capitol, most of us do understand, too, that there are members who are not comfortable speaking off the cuff and they they do kind of want to sit down and have an intelligent conversation about the issues about the topic that the reporter is talking about because a lot of us aren't great you know you know just like randomly accosting members in the hallways either you know sometimes and and i it's something that i had to learn and you know when i first started covering the capitol um and i would just see members walking around and i you know i I, I asked my colleagues. I was like, "So I'm just supposed to go up to them and ask questions?" So <laughs> yeah. I and so I completely get it. Um, so I think, yeah, the best way is to you know, you know, give them the name of their press secretary mm-hmm. or another kind of contact and just follow up on and saying you just do want to touch base on this topic. Right. Um, you know, we're we're if you want to blow us off, you know, you have the right to do that. Yeah, we're but I think to too, it.
0: most of them probably yeah. don't. But I think plenty of them because there are 500 and. 35 plus or minus uh in the building or walking on the capital around the capital complex there are plenty that are seasoned and understand how that works. And then there are others who are just learning sort of that ebb and flow and what's appropriate. And so, you know, as they move through the building, it's always good to sort of check. I always feel like great to check in with people like you who do do that every day to find out what's the right sort of level of communication and connection. I also think that it's very good advice, not even just for, you know, the Capitol complex and and Capitol Hill. It's really sort of good in general as a politician to understand that kindness goes a long way. And, you know, now's not maybe the right time, but here's my communications person. Let's talk after. Um, So I think those are the kinds of things that that we're um, counseling from the communication side to our colleagues and friends that we work with, but always go to check with people like you who are doing this every day and are working on um, that kind of uh, back and forth.
1: Right. Right. Definitely. I think that's the best advice.
0: So when the Congress isn't in and the White House is not in town and you're not on the job, what kinds of things are keeping you, you know, what's 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 a hobby? What's a what's a a thing that you look most forward to doing maybe on the weekends around Washington or, or otherwise?
1: I wish I had some like really interesting hobbies. I know you talked to my friend Jen Havercorn and she does pottery, I did. which I admire. I do too. Viewing. I
0: feel like I should do some. It's a good, good idea to get away from my phone for a minute. <laughs>
1: right, right. But a lot of it is just trying to, you know, get, you know, various forms of exercise, you know, go hiking, go running, uh, yoga. Um, I was once upon a time in a volleyball league uh, since I played in high school. Nice. And that was one where, you know, sometimes you can, sneak your phone into a yoga class which you're not
0: supposed to do sort of Uh, contrary to the program right
1: (laughs) right or when you're on a run or on a hike obviously you can check your phone but when you're playing volleyball you can't that's right Um, so that's kind of like my get away from my phone escape uh and hoping to start up in a league again
0: well you do uh, you also spend quite a bit of your weekend maybe not every weekend but on some weekends i mean we will see you on sunday shows or we will see you talking about sort of what's coming up in the following week so it really is and that's the thing i think that people don't realize about Washington is that so much of our everyday life is sort of transactional and interactional because I remember being on a class trip where I looked up and my one colleague from Politico and another colleague from mm-hmm. the New York Times were all sitting there watching a, a, a you know a children's play and I sort of made a joke like can, can <laughs> we can we call this a business meeting gang uh, right, right. because that's really the way and you know it, my kids go to school with members of Congress's kids or you know there's there's so many um, the interaction and the and the the collaboration really is sort of there. I mean, you definitely find yourself like in an exercise class with someone that's, uh, I mean, I, I was in an exercise class the other day with the guy who flies Marine one. Um, so there's all oh, these wow. cool, you know, there's all these cool people that we sort of see and interact with in this town that feels so big from the outside looking in, but you and I know is actually quite small when you really sort of take a look. Sun Ming, I want to ask you a question about, uh, who it is that you might recommend for a future episode of the Friday reporter.
1: The um, I would love to hear you talk to um, reporters based here in D.C. who've done a lot of regional reporting um, and reporting on different delegations. I think that's a type of reporting that is unfortunately dying a little bit as, you know, papers across the country um, go through a lot of cutbacks. Um, one person who's great is Brian Lowry of McClatchy Newspapers, okay. who just got promoted to White House correspondent, but he comes with this extensive background background uh, focusing on Kansas and Missouri politics, both uh, back in Kansas and also here in Washington. So I think he would be great uh, for you to have a conversation with him. Uh, and similarly, Emma Dumain, um, who also was a regional reporter for McClatchy, um, now covers environment issues for e e um, but she can also really speak to um, just the the interesting and the fascinating part of regional congressional reporting. So that well, would be a great conversation.
0: I would love to I would love to talk to um, talk to him. And I will tell you this: uh, by the time our episode will air, I will have already talked to Emma Dumain, and she uh, oh, says great things. So we will uh, stand by for a future episode. Uh, I'm but I'm looking forward to that. But I love that. And you were nominated. I should note uh, by both Paul Kane and by uh, Jen. Habercorn. so you have great colleagues and friends who have already I was thrilled to be able to have you here on the show today and uh just thrilled to be able to to chat about how it is things are going and continue to keep us posted about how it is
1: great well thank I'm looking forward to those episodes um and thanks so much for having me
0: you bet and that's today's Friday Reporter Podcast a podcast in partnership with PR Daily a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. On the morning of August 1st,
1: 1966,
0: shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.